0: 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. Hey everybody, welcome back to Peculiar. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks, and yes, that is absolutely no one's fault except my own. I have just allowed myself to get out of the habit of recording, and not a habit I want to get into, because I don't want this podcast to die. I do love some of the feedback I've gotten from some people, um, and it's been good, and I'd like to keep on giving you more and more to help you understand the weird world of church people so when I last left you we were doing a bit of a series uh, <clears throat> uh, on this thing that I'm calling peculiar patter which is just the weird words of the church world Jesus jargon as I have called it some and you know just the terms that may only make sense if you are part of church culture so we were doing something on this thing that we call being born again the process of the plan of salvation now of course what you hear most of the time as the beginning of the plan of salvation is believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved which um basically means publicly or even privately acknowledging that you believe jesus christ is god But if you look at what Jesus defines being born again as, you will see that he says, Except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is further uh, explained when Peter is talking on the birth on the day of the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost, he says to repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, we've already covered a few of these. We've covered what we mean by born again, which is kind of an analysis of Acts chapter 3. Then we talked about repentance, or also known as death to sin. If you don't understand that, just go back, listen to our past few episodes. You will get the gist of what that means. And then last episode, we talked about this thing called being baptized, also known as being buried with him in baptism and even also being washed in the blood. If you uh, if any of that just sounds utterly bizarre to you, just go back, listen to our past couple of episodes and it will make more sense. <clears throat> Those are just the episodes leading up to this one. So today, we're going to talk about the third, fourth, however you want to phrase it, part of this plan of salvation. And it comes with a term that I have heard people genuinely ask questions about before. And that term is the Holy Ghost. Uh, So what is the Holy Ghost? No, it's not a ghost in the sense of scary movies, not like Casper, (laughs) uh, or, uh, not like, um, Marley in the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. It's (laughs) not like, uh, who, whatever other famous ghosts may exist out there. It's not like that. This is a holy ghost. Uh, Also called Holy Spirit, depending on what translation of the Bible you are reading. Uh, The first place that really sticks out to me in the Bible that talks about the Holy Ghost is in Luke chapter 1. And in that chapter, it says that Mary is visited by an angel. And the angel tells Mary that she is going to have a child mary has an argument for this angel and says i have never been with a man how am i going to have a child and the angel responds that with man this would be impossible but with god all things are possible it means by natural means yeah you're correct that don't make sense but with god this will be possible it says That the Holy Ghost will overshadow her, the power of the highest, God's spirit is going to cover her, and when God's spirit moves into the situation, a child, God himself, will become a human inside of her, and she will have a child that he says that this will come by the power of the Holy Ghost. So anytime that you read the words Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit in the Bible, what that means is the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is God's Spirit. All humans have spirits. As a human, you have a spirit. You have a spiritual side to you, a soul, you might call it. But God also has a spirit, but it's different than any other spirit. So it's called the Holy Spirit. And another way to say spirit is ghost. So Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you and me, you and me, spirit, God, Holy Spirit, God, Holy Ghost. (laughs) That's the way that that term, that's all that term means is God's spirit, But when we talk about receiving the Holy Ghost, that means something a little bit more. So, I've already referenced it. Acts chapter 2 is the first time that we see anyone receive the Holy Ghost. The first time we hear of anyone receiving the Holy Ghost is in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost is fully come. All of the disciples are all together in one place with one purpose. And suddenly a sound comes from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, fills all the house where they're sitting, and there appears to them cloven tongues like a fire that sits upon each of them. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them the ability to do so. So, speaking with other tongues, fire from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. Now, you would be perfectly justified in realizing that this don't happen, this does not happen every time that people get together for church. Uh, we don't always have rushing mighty wind from heaven and fire sitting on everybody's heads that's not a normal thing however you may you may realize that there are church services where people speak with other tongues uh, and i feel like i would be Justified in doing an entire episode just on the topic of speaking in other tongues. It just means that they began to speak in a language that they did not know before. And God gave them the ability to speak with another language. That's already happened once in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. God gave people the ability to speak in another language, but that wasn't a sign of his approval, but disapproval. This was used as a way to Bring unity with these people by giving them all the ability to speak in another language. And it also worked as a sign to all the people around them that something had changed in these people. People began to mock and say, These men are drunk. But Peter stood up and spoke out and said, You men in Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, this be known to you, hearken to my words. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is but the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock. It's not the time for these people to be drunk. If they're drunk, they got a problem, man. So this is actually a prophecy being fulfilled. God had said to the prophet Joel, I will pour out my spirit in the last days upon all flesh, all humans, Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams on my servants, on my handmaidens. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven above, signs in earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor, smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And it will come to pass that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, if you will call on the name of Jesus, maybe through baptism, uh, then you have the ability to be saved. He goes on to tell them about how Jesus being crucified was actually a fulfillment of prophecy, and that this Jesus that they had crucified was indeed Christ. He was the Savior. He was their Messiah. He was... God in human flesh. And when they ask, they that when this realization hits them, they are convicted in their hearts. They feel their consciences, their conscience is their conscience. It messes with their conscience. They feel a prick in their spirit and they say, uh, men, brethren, people, what are we going to do about this? And then Peter offers the answer that I have read in so many episodes, and I've already referenced it in this episode. You need to repent. Turn from your sins. You need to be baptized. Commit yourself to the name of Jesus by going down in water in the name of Jesus. And then you, will, then you are promised to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, that is God's spirit coming to live inside of a human. God's Spirit coming to live inside of us. So how do we know that God's Spirit has come to live inside of us? Well, first of all, have you repented? Have you turned away from your sins and asked God to forgive you? That's step one. you got to do that. Can you receive the Holy Ghost without being baptized? Yes, I've seen it done. It, it can happen. In fact, it happens in this verse, unless they get baptized without us knowing in this chapter. Uh, I believe that Peter, James, John, all those people that were in the room that day, they received the Holy Ghost without being baptized. Yes, they got baptized afterwards. They baptized 3,000 people that day. But that's the way that it worked. Now... The order of operations that we are given is repent, be baptized, then receive the Holy Ghost. But all three need to happen in order for true salvation to be worked. For the work of true salvation to happen, you need to repent, be baptized, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's some other terminology, uh, but... Yes. So Jesus said that we would be baptized that he would baptize us with holy ghost and with fire. And you notice in this chapter that the term fire is thrown around. And fire has been a sign of God's presence showing up for a while in the Bible. You will actually find that he led them in the wilderness with fire by night to give them a light. He also um, appeared to Moses in the burning bush and called him out in the form of fire. Basically, it means God's glory. God's very presence is going to show up. I actually talked about it in our first Peculiar Pattern episode. I talked about the Shekinah glory of God. It means a visible manifestation of the glory of God. So he showed up to them as fire. But what we're really looking for when he said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, of course, we use fire a lot to mean passion in our modern days. He's got a fire in his belly. So yeah, all of this, it works out to mean fire, passion, his spirit, his passion, his visible manifestation. So why don't we see tongues of fire showing up? Uh, in our modern church services (laughs) well we may not be seeing tongues of fire show up on people's heads during our church services but we still have visible or rather noticeable presence of god show up there is something that's mentioned in this chapter that happens in modern church services and that's the speaking in tongues portion If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there will be a visible sign. And that visible sign, that noticeable sign, that sign that made people all around the city of Jerusalem notice that day in Acts chapter 2, was not the fire, it was not the wind, it was the speaking in other tongues. And that still happens. Uh, in fact, we hear it multiple times throughout your Bible. Uh, here in Acts chapter 8, there's a revival going on in the city of Samaria. And... There, they had were having a great revival. Everyone had been baptized, but no one has been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So... When they come, when they show up, they, <laughs> they, they come to the city, and they know that no one has received the Holy Ghost. How do they know if it's just some peaceful sensation that comes over us? Well, there's something, and it comes to the point where everyone that Peter laid his hands on was receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And people could tell that they were receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost to the point where a former magician or sorcerer comes to him and says, hey, give me this ability. And Peter says, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Uh, Also in Acts chapter 10, we hear Peter is with uh, a man named Cornelius. And as he's preaching... The Holy Spirit falls on all of them while Peter was still saying these things. The Holy Spirit fell all fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speak in tongues and praise God. So they knew they had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we also hear here. That after they spoke in tongues, they were baptized. So, all of this to say, there is a special visible sign that is paired. with There's a special visible sign. No, it's not the tongues of fire. No, it's not the rushing mighty wind. It is speaking in other tongues. There's another uh, term for receiving the Holy Ghost that i want to touch on before i wrap up this episode and this term comes from john chapter 4 verse uh number 14 is one spot where you will find this uh so i'm going to pull it up here john four fourteen. Whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That is how uh, John 4.14 reads in the New Living Translation of the Bible. The KJV says... Whosoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Okay, anyway, yeah, living water, another place says out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And it said he said he seeks people to worship him in spirit and in truth, meaning he's talking about the Holy Ghost, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Why is he calling it a river of living water? Well he has spoken of himself in terms of water before there's a vision of ezekiel that actually sees what rivers of water coming out from the temple and he's using this to illustrate his spirit that people can be filled with because the water living water means active water it means water that can be used it's it's like running water it's fresh water it's not stagnant like a like a, a swamp it's water of a river it's water that's constantly flowing there's something new that these people are able to have access to from God on a regular basis if you're filled with the holy spirit god will use that to make you always able to receive something fresh from him he can speak to you you can hear from god you can hear him say something to you every day there's a new fresh word from god a new fresh thing from god that you can hear but that only comes through receiving the Holy Ghost. So, my big point in this series has been this it's all to come to this head. You, we need to receive His Spirit. In fact, my illustration, um, death applies because Jesus was crucified, and through His blood, we receive the ability to be forgiven of our sins burial applies because Jesus's body was buried and kept from stinking and his body was hidden away for some time and we are buried in baptism unto death but Jesus did not stay in the grave he rose again 3 days later according to the scriptures and we too can raise again with him in newness of life. We are going to have an entirely new glorified self, a self that's not been tainted and messed with by the world, by sin, by things displeasing to God. We can become something new and something different through the power of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it is a gift. Romans six twenty three says, "The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." We need that in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost. We need His Holy Spirit. We need that fire. We need that living water. So... So if you ever want that, you can have it. It's freely available. His Spirit is freely available to anyone who just will listen to that simple plan that he put out there to us. Repent, turn away from sin. Be baptized, go down in the water in the name of Jesus. Your sins can be remitted, removed from the record. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In fact, this one doesn't require work on our part. It's a promise on his part that he will fill you with his own spirit. Just listen. Follow his plan. He has given a clear, concise, easy to follow plan that if you will just thank him for what he has done, he can fill you with his Spirit It's Easter we are celebrating the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ on this very coming Sunday So it feels entirely appropriate That we would talk about this Resurrection of a spiritual sword today This is our way Of following what he gave us the example of in the Bible so thank you all for tuning in we will see you guys again next week for real this time I will be back next week and we will be continuing to talk about all the weird little things that us church people do that we say what we do and who we are thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys again next week